Hey guys, welcome to your next stop. I am so excited. And I say that every single time and I laugh every time I say it. I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Catherine Grace. Yes, another person I met in Clubhouse. But the second I heard Catherine speak, um, I was like, okay, boom, we need to talk. So Catherine is a motivational speaker. So that's why you're going to love this story again. And Mastering Modern Midlife. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much. And it's so funny on my podcast, I'm always like, I'm so excited because I seriously, every single person is another beautiful human story, heroine's journey. So thank you so much for having me. Welcome to Your Next Stop. This is Juliet Hahn. I am a wife, mom, virtual coach, public speaker, and crazy obsessed dog lover. I am so honored to be able to take you into the life of someone that has followed a passion. Every week, I hope you are as inspired as I am. Welcome to Your Next Stop. Of course. And I could not agree more with what you just said, because it is, I get so excited. I can't wait to dive into your story and hear and just have other people listen and know, okay, you know what? I'm going to be okay. And these are the reasons why. So I would love for you to dive in and tell us how you followed that passion and what you're doing all about the Catherine Grace brand and all the stuff that you're doing, because you're doing so many amazing things. Thank you so much. Well, I am about to turn 60. So uh, this is really crazy, wild and exciting for me, especially because a few years ago, there was no future. There was no 60. I had Lyme disease, late stage Lyme disease. So I was misdiagnosed for over 10 years. By the time I was diagnosed, I basically was a dead person. So it was in my brain. I spent a year unable to walk, bedridden, seizures, under 100 pounds, I'm five nine. Uh, all my organs oh my shutting gosh. down, and went through a near death experience. So I'm still here, and I am. I, I'm over the moon to be turning 60 and to be having this opportunity also to share with people. You know, there is a modern midlife. There is a new way to age, and it is empowering, inspiring. It's not my mother's and grandmother's, you know, in a, in a rocking chair and looking forward to a pension and retiring. It is rewiring. It's all about really living your best life, living life full out until your last breath. I love that. And oh my gosh, I, Lyme disease is no joke. I have had family members really affected by it. And it's really, it's really scary. And I live in Long Island in a, and I, in Connecticut. And it was, I mean, it's, both of those places are like terrible. So I've always been like so conscious of, you know, checking my kids and all that. But th then you also go into the thing where it's like, okay, you can spray your property. And I'm like, well, pause. What am I spraying my property with? I want to do stuff the natural way and just be really, you know, mindful of how I am checking it. But I also know there's sometimes that you just can't see it. So it's uh, it's a scary thing. So thank you for sharing that with us. And um, 60s never looked so good. I'll tell you that. So ah, 60s never felt so good. It really is a new way to age. And, um, you know, I do believe that our, the, our outlook, our attitude on how we age really affects how we age. And I'm a kid at heart. So I feel very, very young on the inside. And I think, you know, that just makes me look forward to aging and hopefully inspiring others to look forward to it as well. 
I totally agree. I always say when people say like, oh, I'm old or this, I'm like, you know what? Age is a number. It should be a mindset, not a number. And I know that I am getting better and better every, every birthday. I'm like, oh my gosh, look at me. I look better. I always laugh because I tell, this is so funny that I'm sharing this now, but we always, you know, tell, you know, how when you're older, your nose and your ears always grow. And I have not the smallest nose and not the smallest ears. So we always laugh. I tell my siblings, I'm like, right now I'm the hottest when I go out, maybe not because my, you guys have smaller noses and smaller ears. So maybe I'll, <laughs> I won't be the prettiest when I go out, but right now I got you all and they're all like, you're so weird, but I, I, it makes me laugh. That is so funny. I really haven't thought about that, but I suppose, and I always associate that with men. Is that like really bad that I do that? But especially their ears grow and their noses grow and all that weird stuff, like eyebrow hairs and <laughs> <laughs> But there's stuff we can do about it. We, we, we have better, I think, yeah, self-care. Okay, Catherine. So let's dive into Catherine Grace. Like, So Lyme disease took you to a place that you had a near-death experience and you realized, okay, I want to do this not this way. I want to do it this way. So take us all through what you're doing. Exactly. So you know what I always say, Midlife My Brand is all about empowering women at midlife and beyond. And midlife to me isn't an age. It's an experience and it's a pivot. It's a pivot point where we pivot away from who we were told to be, taught to be, projected to be by others to who we choose to be, to our North Star, to our soul's true purpose. So to me, that's midlife. There's this powerful pivot that happens And that's the authentic self-rising. That's the beautiful part of ourselves that are here to really, you know, follow a path of passion, purpose, creativity, you know, really that, that life's purpose. So for me, that's what happened with my old self, you know, really fell away. And as you said, I am very natural, holistic. So I pretty much ended up firing my doctors and doing it myself and really realizing the root of my illness was abuse and trauma and everything that was attached to it, all those stories and disempowering beliefs I had about myself. So as I let go of those, I really unwound the illness at the root and this entire new self began to emerge. So this to me is, you know, the beautiful part of these years at Midlife and Beyond is this incredible self-discovery of the true self, not the false self, the self we were, like I said, told to be, taught to be, that really wasn't authentic to ourselves. So for me, I'm now on fire, you know, to really show women that they do not have to live anyone else's life. It's time to live their own life and really get on purpose and head to that North Star, which is what, what we are meant to be. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I love that. And this is why when we connected in that in the clubhouse room, I was like, this. Catherine has to be, Catherine Grace has to be a guest on my podcast because it is so true. And the one thing that I love that you said is that when you kind of took the negative out, you were able to heal. And people don't realize when you have negative and you have stress, it really does eat you inside and things that you don't see and you don't realize what it's doing. But it is a lifestyle to be negative and then choose not to. I I tell my kids all the time, you have a choice. You can wake up today and be grumpy. I understand some of my kids are not morning people. I'm very much of a morning person. I wake up like this. It annoys some people because I have teens. I'm like, sorry, this is who I am. But it's a choice, right? I choose now. I'm not always happy. I've had you know days that I'm grumpy, but I do churn them around. And it is really important because if you go into life in that negative mindset, negativity is going to follow you. 
and you have to kind of drop it. So like the other day, my daughter woke up and I said to her, it's a choice just to get out of bed and move. I understand that you're not a morning person. You don't want to be bothered, but to lay there and then be late and then be frustrated that like I'm on top, you know, we have to go, we have to go is a choice of yours. So if you could just wake up now, get out of bed, I don't have to talk to you, but then you're going to drink some water and just like kind of just let yourself be. It's a much better way than to wake up with that negative mind, that negative attitude. Yeah. If you think about it, you know, we talk so much about our nutrition and what we're ingesting, but the number one thing we're ingesting are our thoughts, right? 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day are a lot of thoughts to be putting in here that ultimately run everything else. We're mind body. So it's really important. I realized I was doing everything right as far as my health and my lifestyle, but when I had a background of really serious trauma and abuse, I was ingesting a lot of thoughts that were not so good about myself because those were projected onto me by others. So it's one thing when you're a child or if you're in an abusive marriage to have these things projected onto you. It's another thing to allow them to circulate in your mind and in your body for decades. So for me, it was like I made a decision and that decision was wellness, 110% energy on wellness. I am not going to think illness anymore and I'm going to unwind this at the root, which meant working with professionals too on trauma and all the things you know that involved heavy duty inner clearing. But I also know I'm an energy worker. It's ages energy. We are all about energy. So it's about raising our internal vibration. That means clearing out, like you said, anything that's dark, any of the shadow stuff, any of the stories we're carrying, any of the disempowering beliefs, any of those thoughts that aren't serving us and particularly serving that future self, that place we really desire to go that lives in our heart. That's real stuff. You know, that's real. That's the the voice of your soul that is trying to get you on track to who you are meant to be. So true. And do you mind me asking you, can you just give us a little bit of the background of the trauma? Are you comfortable sharing that? Just because, you know, if I have a listener that's like, I, you know, I've, I've had trauma, but they don't relate to yours and they think, oh, her trauma is not my trauma, mine's worse, or, and they're sitting on, you know, on the couch, not taking care of themselves. Can you just give us a little background on that? Absolutely. And before I do, just to preface it, there is no comparison trauma, period. Trauma's trauma. And it works in our bodies exactly the same way. It works in our cells the same way. So trauma basically when it happens, it bypasses the conscious memory because it's traumatic. So we cannot process it. So we push it down, either repress it, suppress it. What one is conscious, one is unconscious. So that energy is in there and we've been holding it down for a very long period of time. So for me, I'm an incest survivor. My dad was very abusive. He was an orphan who was abandoned. He was abused. So it's a very typical thing then to repeat that abuse. So that happened to me as a child. So that basically set the framework for me to continually to attract that over and over because I believed that's what I deserve. So I am... continued to attract abusive relationships. And then I married someone for 20 years, let's just say that broke me into a million pieces. So I was in and out of the hospital, major surgeries, um, spinal meningitis, all kinds of things. He would leave me to die, literally leave me on the floor to die. I'd have to find my way to the hospital. So crazy, crazy stuff. But again, 
the abuse is not my responsibility. What I do with it is my responsibility. So the way that I'm holding it, particularly when you're a child, you attach a meaning. So something happens to you. There's one truth, but what you take from that is what sticks. So I had it mean something about me. So I had to unravel the meaning and realize when somebody abuses you, it's about them. It's not really about you. So it's time to let that go. Right. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm so, you know, obviously so sorry that happened to you. And I just think though, what you're doing now, setting a stage with your podcast and all the stuff that you're doing to show people, you know what? I, you had a, obviously a lot of trauma. It was just not just, you know, a little bit of trauma. And as you said, no trauma, all trauma is, it lives inside you, but you came and made a choice to work on yourself, to better yourself. And now you're taking that and sharing it with others. And I just think that's such a beautiful thing. So, you know, there's people out there that maybe would be, you know, I don't want to expose myself that way. And they're never going to truly heal. And I, you know, that is my personal opinion. They're never going to truly heal if it's, if it's still living inside them. So the fact that you're expressing it, talking about it, and then helping talk to people is a really beautiful thing. So thank you so much for sharing that. You bet. There's a really powerful book out there. It's called Waking the Tiger by Peter Levine. It really explains trauma and it explains like, for example, animals out in the wild, if there was a lion chasing maybe a baby giraffe and it got that baby giraffe in its mouth and the baby giraffe was able to wiggle away, you'd see it. The baby giraffe run to a clearing. It would shake vigorously and it would Spell that energy and it literally would have no memory of that experience. Whereas humans, we carry it. So we take that energy that should have been shaken off and we stuff it into ourselves and it'll come out every which way sideways. So one way to know if we're not in a good place is carrying triggers. You know, when we're triggered right and left by other people, we've got a lot of wounds inside that we need to heal. Right. And you know what you said that it's, it's, I mean, my kids don't have, you know, trauma in that sense. But I always will say to them, like if they come home from school and they're, you know, like they're bothered, did something happen? Do you want to talk about it? And you know, a lot, I have two boys and a daughter, my daughter, sometimes we'll talk about it. She's not my middle. I have one person that's a little bit more, uh, that will talk about it a little bit more, but they usually will sit on it and then talk about it if something has happened and it's nothing ever that's been that big. But I always say to them, don't stuff it because it's going to come out somewhere else. So I love that you just said that because it's so important and it could be the tiniest thing, right? You could say someone, one of your friends could have said something to you that bothered you and then you stuff it and you're, you're holding on to it and, and it comes out somewhere else. So my kids always, you know, as I said, I've teens and preteens, they will roll their eyes, but they will say, okay, you're right. You know what? I should have talked about it or it felt better to talk about it. Now I, I feel better. So it is so true. The stuffing is just so bad. It's so bad because it is always going to come out. Well, it's something that, you know, I've worked with women at Midlife and Beyond. So it's something that we see repeatedly are these wounds and scars that happen as a child. And I'm not talking big traumas like you're saying. These are baby traumas. These are maybe a teacher said something about you that wasn't so kind. And you took it again to mean something about you. Maybe the girls cut you out of something, you know. So you were carrying that wound. So many women at Midlife and Beyond still have these younger wounds and they're operating from that place in an unconscious way. So you were 
so right. Deal with them, heal them in the moment. You don't need to carry that and then have it impacting you on an unconscious level by repeating those experiences without going, why am I attracting, you know, these women maybe who don't like me so much? Well, it's because you've got a wound from childhood in there. You haven't looked at and you haven't healed. Right. And the fact, the thing that you said about the teachers, so I'm dyslexic and I remember, but I was a really good athlete. So I had like really good strengths. I had a lot of friends, but school was really hard to me for me. And I had a teacher in middle school and I've told my listeners know the story, but I basically had, they, you know, they would read out loud. It was like popcorn reading where they would just pick people to read out loud. And that beyond stressed me out. Cause I had to know what I had to read out loud and I had to practice it before. And I didn't get to practice it. And I said, pubic instead of public. And the class giggled. And she said to me, what are you, retarded? In front of the whole class. And I jumped up. It's, this is, I said to my mom, I don't know where it came from because I was not, like I would never was disrespectful for teachers or anyone, but I was very confident in myself, even though school was hard. And I said, what are you, a bitch? And I ran to the principal, hysterical, crying, shaking so badly. And that wound stuck with me for very, for a really long time. I did not get in trouble, but I was, you know, my mom was like, she, she shouldn't have said that, but the woman called her retarded in front of an entire class. Like that is not okay. And I did, you know, I acknowledged I shouldn't call her a bitch, but, and, and I, that's not even a word I really use, but it just was so innate. Like I just didn't know what else to say. But as my kids got older, and I mean, when they were younger and they were in preschool and I would go and read out loud, I would always make sure I checked with my book and I would read it before and I would always get a little sweaty, right? Like, oh my gosh. And then when the kids got older and they would have me come in and I would read a chapter book, I remember for very, very vividly my um, fourth grade, he was in fourth grade and they were reading a really hard book. And she asked, you know, I said to her, can I, am I picking the book or are you? And she's like, oh, I'm picking it. And I was like, can I just see it before? And we never got to connect. So I didn't. So I had to read it. And there were some really big words that I could not pronounce. And I remember I just said, looked at the class and I was like, do you guys know what dyslexia is? And they said, you know, someone I could see my, my kid looking at me and I, and I, I don't even know if I call, I think I called it as my oldest is, but so I, or like, you know, trouble reading or whatever. They all kind of looked at, I said, sometimes I mispronounce words. So you're just going to have to, you know, to bear with me. And my, my son was like, mom, that was totally fine. Cause later I said to him, I hope I didn't embarrass you. And he's like, no, it was totally fine. But I remember just start, and they were like fourth graders started sweat and I worked through it as I've gotten older, but it's still, you know, there's times where if I ever do have to like read out loud or I have to look at something, I have to practice it. I know now I just have to look it over. But so you're so right. It was a small wound, but it was a wound that made me very self-conscious. Obviously, I probably didn't read out loud the rest of the, (laughs) I probably left the classroom and did whatever to get out of not reading out loud. And my mom got my class, my teacher changed. I'm so sorry that happened to you, first of all. And second of all, it's that was a big one because we give yeah. them so much power, right? These are our teachers. They know so much more than we do. So we hand them our power just like our parents. And they're just human beings who make a heck of a lot of mistakes too, right? What she said yeah. to you had nothing to do with you. But clearly in that moment, we take it as though, oh my God. And then you've got a class joining in, which are kids doing things the kids do. Had Again, not much to do with you, but we're going to take an opportunity to make fun of this moment. So 
thank you for sharing that story. And also, you know, being conscious, the most important thing is being conscious of that because so many of us bury it. And then we react in situ other situations that are completely unrelated, but it's bringing up that old wound. And it's so important because when we heal it at the root, it's healed. It's gone. And that's the most important thing. And that's what I did with Lyme. I just pulled it up at the root and the disease was gone. Everybody said, it, you're never going to get better. You're, you're going to die. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to believe that. I know what this is. I know the root of this and I'm going to heal the root. And I did. And anybody can do that with anything. Right. And it's so true. And, you know, I, as I said, was very fortunate that I had a lot of friends. So everyone laughed because they were like, they actually thought I was being a, like a jokester. That's what she thought too. She thought I was making a joke and talking about pubic hair. I mean, I was like, I'm like a seventh or eighth grade girl. Why would I be talking about pubic hair in your class? <laughs> right? Like uh, that's not something I would have been doing. But so some of the kids in the class also, they're like, oh, we thought you were messing with her because she was a mean teacher. And I was like, no, I wasn't messing with her. And they're like, I know. And then you jumped up and said, bitch and ran out. And we were all like, oh my gosh. So like all, a lot of my friends came to my side and were like, are you okay? We didn't realize. And they knew that I struggled. So they were like, I didn't even think about it. We didn't think that you were, you actually didn't mean, I was like, first of all, they're spelled the same way. When you think about kids, kids have very weak energetic boundaries because they're sweet, they're innocent. So that means we're sponges for things like that. And you look at someone like an Oprah, they're an energetic Teflon. So anybody says something to Oprah, it just bounces off. They have like this energetic force field. And you know, that's what I love empowering and inspiring women to do. Put a force field around you. None of that stuff is yours. You know, negative projections, let them go back to the center with love, but they don't belong on you and have nothing to do with you. So that's what's really important. When you strengthen the inner world, you create a force field. It's so true. And you know what? I love that you also said that because I, my mom said I always was the one, like if I did poorly on a test, I would be like stupid test, stupid teacher, where my oldest sister who struggled would call herself stupid. Even though there was definitely times where I didn't feel as smart, but I was like, oh, I'm good at other stuff. We all have our talents. But I always remember, and this is something that has always been wonderful for me to go through like life. Whenever, if anyone was ever mean or anything, I would, and I don't know where, if it was the way I was brought up or the way that I, you know, was born. Cause I know that I have siblings that didn't do this, but if someone was mean or said something, I would always be like, Oh, that's sad for them. I never thought they were doing it to me. And I've always been like that, which is very interesting. And I know, and I hope that my kids, I mean, I, I feel like some of them do, but I also feel like it was something that it's just kind of innately in me. I would feel sad for them. I'd be like, Oh, they're they're me they're being mean because they feel sad for themselves like it's just something was very natural to me or like that teacher I was like I mean she, this is not very kind but she was a very homely woman she had a very big bruise or not bruise she had like a birthmark on her face and she was really mean really mean and so I as much as it hurt me I also was like she's not happy right? She's not happy in her own life. So she's taking it out on other people. So that is something that people do need to work on. A lot of people need to do that. Or like when we moved to a new town, I remember this one friend, she thought no one liked her. And I would say to her, well, why doesn't, why do you think no one likes you? Like, that's so weird to me. I think everyone likes me. I'm not saying that to be cocky. Why wouldn't they like me? I'm a nice person. I have a lot to offer. I'm fun. Like, why wouldn't they like me? If they didn't like me, it's because they obviously, they either didn't get to know me or I, I intimidated them. And my friend, like this woman was like, it's such an interesting way to think of things. I don't think I've ever thought that. I usually, like if someone didn't say hi to me, 
I think it's because they don't like me. And I'm like, that's a sad way to be. They probably didn't even notice you because they're so wrapped in their own selves. And so why didn't you say hi to her if you noticed her? And the woman would be like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, you're kind of playing games too. It's just so bizarre to me. I've never been that type of woman. So I've never had those type of women friends. I've always had very comfortable women friends because it's like, someone's busy. I don't think, oh, they don't like me. They didn't say hi. I think, oh, they must be preoccupied. And that's a great way to think because um, it's the truth. You know, we are so wrapped up in our own worlds and we're continually thinking, particularly this world of social media, always going, you know, thinking about ourselves. And it's like, no, everybody else is thinking about themselves too. So don't take yourself so seriously, right? It's so true. It's so true. Stay tuned for a quick message from my sponsor. Hi, my name is Shari Hodes, and I'm the president of Aura Limited, a proud all-women-owned brand marketing and global sourcing agency. Simply put, we provide fashion-forward swag for any and all of your branding needs. Please visit us at www.auralimitedspelledout.com. So, Catherine Grace, can you tell us a little bit about your brand and your podcast and, and where people can find you? I would love for people to connect because you're doing such special things and you have such a great mindset and what you've been through in your life and, and where you are now is just, it just talks about who you are and what a strong, amazing woman. Thank you so much. Cause you know, I really didn't start on social media until when I was 54, 55 and I'm now turning 60. So everything I've accomplished is between 55 and 60 with zero experience. So anyone can really do anything, which is a big part of my message. So yes, I have a wonderful podcast. It's called Mastering Modern Midlife. And I have lots of beautiful, a a lot of people in the self-help arena, the, you know, Hay House kind of authors, inspirational authors, also a lot of wonderful celebrities that come on really to show, like I said, a really empowering way to age. Um, My brand is Catherine Grace O. That is my blog. It's also my platforms on both Instagram, Facebook. And again, my blog, all of it is about helping women master modern midlife, which is basically inside out and outside in. We were taught outside in, but the world works inside out. You want to change your reality, transform your life. It happens from the inside out. So, and I know lots of speedy ways to speed up transformation. So um, I also have a global community. It is called Forever Fierce Midlife Matters. I have a club on uh, Clubhouse called Midlife Matters. And that again, everything is to help women to create a collaborative, supportive community, to connect women, to celebrate women, and to help inspire them to see getting older in a beautiful new way. So you can find my blog, Um Again, Forever Fierce over on Facebook. Midlife Matters is the club and also Facebook and my podcast, Mastering Modern Midlife. And you know, I'm all over social media. Wonderful. You are. You have you have a great following because you know what you're talking about and you're so real and so opened and so kind. So I love that. And guys, this will all be in the show notes, obviously, too. So you'll be able to find that. Can you give us one, um, maybe two of your favorite guests that you've interviewed? And you don't have you know, you could say their name or not say their name, but just like something that they said that kind of stuck with you. Sure. You know, one of my most recent guests was Joan London, you know, who is on the Today Show is that Good Morning America yes. anchor. 
for what 20 years and she is her her latest book is a candid conversation on aging and joan is just someone that is has this youthful vibrant she's also mentored us on a new show we're producing so she's been just lovely she steps in there to help you and joan is what um over 10 years older than she's in her 70s and she she has the energy of like a 30 year old so she would tell these amazing stories of like traveling around the world and then she'd be in an indigenous culture where they don't even know their age you know it's it's so like you said age is just a number so joan proves that and like i said in other cultures either they don't know it or they revere it you know as you get older which is the opposite of us here um, to me getting older we've got all that wisdom and life experience it's priceless you can't buy it so she was she's an absolute favorite I've been very fortunate to work with some amazing people in the self-help arena from Daniel Laporte to Jen Sincero to David G who created the 21 day Oprah meditations and headed up the Chopra Center for over 10 years so David G is brilliant I call him G he has a 16 seconds to peace so literally you can find him on Insight Timer He's amazing. And his thing is like, when you wake up in the morning, it's called RPM, rise, pee, meditate, don't wait. But you can get peaceful in 16 seconds, which is basically breathing in for four seconds, holding it four seconds, breathing out for four seconds, holding it for four seconds, 16 seconds, you can find peace like that. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Catherine Grace, for joining us. And I'm just so happy to be connected. And as my brain goes, I think of all the people that I've been connected to and I'm like, Ooh, who can I tell her that maybe this person would be a good guest and connect her to different, cause there's so many wonderful people out there that want to share their stories and have a story that they can help others. So again, thank you for joining your next stop. And we really appreciate having you. Thank you so much. I spent a lot of my life in crazy town. So it's really nice not to be there anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Right. Right. And that's why I I changed the the podcast to your next stop because it's now people's your next stop, but the crazy town, the crazy town. Yeah. I, I hear you. So I love that you said that. So guys, you know what to do. If you like what you heard, share, rate, review, go and follow Catherine Grace as well. Listen to her podcast, give her feedback, rate and review her show as well, because that's how we get our message out by more people listening and connecting and being inspired. So do all the things that we say, and we will see you guys next week for another inspiring women woman with your next stop. Thanks again, Catherine. Thank you so much. Amazing to be with you. I hope you liked this episode of your next stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends and join in each week. 